Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I am joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on Timeless, a new series on... NBC. NBC. I I never can keep track of what... It's funny, I'm very brand aware when it comes to comics, very less so when it comes to TV and movies. Unless things get canceled immediately, in which case we assume the television network they're on is a certain one with a reputation. Yes, certain one, yeah. (laughs) This is a time travel show in which there is somebody going and uh, making changes to history and a team is assembled of a pilot of the spaceship or the the time ship, a historian and a uh, special forces guy to go chase him down in history and stop that. Well, and the guy making changes is very single-minded in one respect. His family was killed because he found out something he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So he's out to wipe out of existence the organization that ordered the death of his family and himself. Did we ever find out what he found out? Yes, around the time of the NASA episode. It was if he hadn't found something and reported it up the chain of command and not let it drop, they wouldn't have sent people to his home to shut him up. And I forget what it was he okay, found out. They revealed. It apparently yeah. wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Um. It's Rittenhouse, this organization that's going back to like the birth of the U.S. That is the the evil group that is control. It's like the Illuminati, essentially. It's the the people behind the powers or whatever. And to me, it kind of felt like uh, the Masons in terms of yeah. it's very family oriented. Mm-hmm. And like with the Masons, uh, it being eligible to be a Mason comes down through your family, right? Right. No, it's very much along those lines. There's a hereditary aspect mm-hmm. if you are one of the Rittenhouse families. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because... And there's even a hierarchy to uh, the quality, if you will, of your blood and your family. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because we hear a lot about Rittenhouse. They build up a lot of lore about it, but it's all very ambiguous mm-hmm. because we never really know what Rittenhouse does, just they're very powerful. Mm-hmm. And why is it hereditary? All of this stuff is is not clear. They do some interesting stuff with uh, kind of the very uh, nature of a... a it, it's like a spy show across time. And I liked how second or third episode... Uh, Connor Mason is this rich billionaire who's created the time machine that has been stolen mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Flynn, the bad guy, to, to go try to save his family. They've got the... The, uh, the the life raft, which is kind of the, the prototype, which is what the, the, the team of quote-unquote good guys is using. Um, but after two or three episodes where they've gone back in time to to try to go fix things, he, he realizes this isn't going to end anytime soon and that they had some problems with non-period attire. Yes. So there's essentially this big wardrobe thing for all of them. And it's here's the 20s, here's the 30s, here's the 40s. Mm-hmm. And it was just so Hollywood-esque slash rich billionaire, because it even had Mason Industries or whatever, name tags on the garment racks or whatever. Yeah. It was just, it was a nice touch to kind of explain away how they can get into, you know, period piece attire. Well, and the fact that there are only three people who fit in the lifeboat. So it's not like he had to have 18 different sizes or something in every era. The fact that it was always the same three and yes. no rotation yeah, was a little... There were some missed opportunities, and I felt this writing team did a fairly good job of, of planting seeds, playing things out, playing fair. But it was a little ways in uh, where I realized the one time travel show we haven't seen yet, and we've seen a number of them, was what would happen is is the people at the base would say, oh, so-and-so jumped to this point, you've got to go follow him. Oh, it's this point in time, this must be what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know. But then we follow the, the time travelers. Yes. We've never seen the show where we stay at the base 
the machine goes out, it comes back and different people are in it. Yeah. Or they act differently or something like that. And they're teasing at the end of the season the possibility of another timeline. Yeah. Now, the one thing they set up in the first episode was that the historian that they picked, her sister after the first adventure no longer exists. Because mm-hmm. she changed history just enough. But that was the only time history changed in a way that wasn't just a, huh, well, that's different. Because they would sometimes go back to prevent or to, to, to salvage a historical incident. It would turn out differently and everybody at home was, well, yeah, it was always that way. Yes. Yeah. Well, the other time that they went to change something was for Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And the, what, the uh, special ops guy. Yeah. And what infuriated Wyatt was he succeeded in making the change he wanted, which was supposed to have a positive repercussion for him. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. And he never figured out, had he been lied to, was he wrong in who had murdered the person he was trying to save? Or was fate determined that the person he was trying to save had to die? Yeah, they set him up as having had a wife who died. And, well, now he's got a time machine or access to one. How come he can't go save her? Yeah. And it was funny because that put him on a very parallel but almost opposite path as Flynn, who's the the quote-unquote bad guy of the show. Yeah. Trying to go save his wife and daughter. Yeah. Well, for the longest time, Wyatt believed he shouldn't use the time machine for selfish purposes. My personal standpoint, having read uh, a lot of time travel stories, watched a lot of TV shows, movies, read comics and stuff, my belief is if you start traveling in time, it's a one-way trip. And I don't mean a one-way into the past, Mm -hmm. but the reality you left... Yeah, is changed because you left it. It will never be the same again. Now, you may be able to get it to where it's close enough that it doesn't matter. But if you go anything you don't take with you, you have no reasonable expectation to think it'll be there. There was a uh, Sliders episode where they thought they had made it back to their home parallel. Their home reality, yeah. Yeah. And towards the end, one of the characters said, how many times have you heard it on the traffic report and not noticed? It's the Azure Gate Bridge. Versus the Golden Gate. Yeah. And everything else had seemed identical, but... And she said, but if that one thing is different, what else is different that makes this not home, which means we should keep trying to get home, or simply that we don't belong here because the us that left here will come back here and they deserve to have their home waiting for them. Well, there was another episode of Sliders where they get back and they think it's their same reality, but they're not sure. So Quinn, the the leader of the group, gives kind of the acid test. They're back at his home. They test the gate. They test the gate. See if it squeaks. Like, oh, it doesn't squeak. Must be the wrong place. Yeah. And as soon as they've left, out comes the handyman who has just fixed and oiled the damn thing finally. I remember that one. Yeah, because it was one of those short, you know, 40 second windows. And there's a certain time progresses for the time travelers, both in the past and in the present day. Yeah. And aside from, you know, the sister vanishing, there was no noticeable change to Mason Industries, to the, the, the home base, if you will. And I get there's a certain resiliency of time or whatever, but if on the first trip out, they prevent a sibling of one of the travelers. Yeah. Then it, it implies a certain fragileness of time. Well, they happen to prevent her sibling, but they also happen to cure her mother. So two changes, yes. But think about all the things we learn about that character. Think about what we find out in the final episode. Mm-hmm. And now you have to wonder, are those simply accidents? Are those simply things that happen to happen? Or does Rittenhouse feel they can throw away a child that isn't of great and excellent bloodlines to cure a Rittenhouse royalty member? But that implies they have a knowledge of the future that they... 
If they have a knowledge of cause and effect that I'm not sure how they would have. Flynn was working from that journal that she writes at some point. Flynn, the the quote-unquote bad guy who's very anti-Rittenhouse, did have knowledge from the historian from the future. You know, her journal or whatever. So I get him having certain things, but it almost implies that she had written stuff down and orchestrated events in a certain way. And I, I think for that to happen, and this would be a great way to end the series, you take... The, the team of time travelers, the government agent who's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. protecting them. Agent Christopher. Agent Christopher, you take, because uh, she's a great character, but you take uh, Connor Mason and they basically sit in a room. It's like, you know, for all of this to happen, these dominoes had to fall across time. When and set, uh, and she starts, they, they, they map out what she has to put into the journal. If this season hadn't happened, when would Rittenhouse have revealed themselves to her? So many other characters found out about Rittenhouse when they were 18. Lindbergh, her father, her grandfather. Mm -hmm. So many other Rittenhouse members that we're aware of. Yet for some reason, Rittenhouse shielded her from the knowledge. So by giving that journal to Flynn and telling Flynn through that to do these things, she forced the revelation of Rittenhouse to herself. My theory on time travel is that it's it's like a road, mm-hmm. okay? It's been paved once. Mm-hmm. When you travel back in time, you're going back on the road and essentially paving over it. Mm-hmm. But that means you've still got that initial timeline that went. Mm-hmm. And for things to have happened the way you're suggesting, which is the implication of what's happened, that her father knew she was going to be picked as the historian because she was picked as the historian. Well, her father ha- chose her as the historian is what we're told. My question becomes, how did the first pass go mm-hmm. prior to the time machine existing? Yeah. Because it's, take three-dimensional space, up, down, left, right, forward, backwards, mm-hmm. shrink that down to a single dot. Yeah. Take that dot, draw a line. That's time. But now, put that line on a sheet of paper where you can draw parallel lines to it, and you're basically creating another one of those every time you travel back in time. Well, Rittenhouse was determined to create the time machine. They wanted control of time so that they could create and control a timeline. I'm hoping with the second season that we start to see a little bit more of of Rittenhouse's plan. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the revelation that her mother was Rittenhouse and in the know. Because I felt her not knowing about Rittenhouse made more sense if she was born outside the Rittenhouse structure by accident. I didn't like the revelation there at the end of the season, but it felt right. It seemed like a second season to me for a show like this is almost like a a sequel to a movie. Mm. And one of the common writing techniques that you see is that of the reversal. Yes. Oh, well, it went left last time, so we're going to have to go right at that point in the plot. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy was the fish out of water. Next time, the other guy is. Well, I knew we weren't going to get our sister back. Yeah, but it... It's set up such that this season they've been chasing Flynn, who's the instigator. Mm -hmm. And next time it could be that our team is the instigator and the other team is trying to play catch up. Our team looks to either be trying to get the lifeboat back or more likely knows where Flynn hid the uh, main time machine. I thought the other pilot had taken the main time machine. Ah, that's a good point. And that they're going to get the lifeboat back. Presumably with Connor's help. See, I didn't think the other pilot being a uh, hidden Rittenhouse person made sense. Now, we I want to give a couple of names because we've been talking about her and him and yes, stuff like yes, this. Yes, yes, please, been bad. please. Um, the, the historian is Lucy Preston. Mm-hmm. Um, the special ops guy is Wyatt Logan. And the pilot is uh, Rufus Carlin. Now, the pilot is black. The only reason I mention that is because he gets off some excellent lines about there's no good time period to be black he does a great job in the 1960s of being invisible and getting past security because he is black they make some very interesting points about race how it's changed over time yeah um one thing i do want to mention about the names before we get too far off of that Mm -hmm. is uh this is not the first time uh travel story to involve people with the names of, of Logan, Preston, and Rufus. Bill and Ted. Oh, that's fine. And it's intentional. 
That's funny. It's kind of a nod to those characters, um, which I thought was a, a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, Rufus is the breakout character. Yes. You know, when he points out up front of, no, I don't want to go fly them back in time. There is no good time in American history for a black man. Yeah. Well, they end up back, I guess it's at the period of the French and Indian War, I want to say. And when the Indians are amazed that a black man would speak in defense of a white couple. Mm -hmm. Things like that. They just, they really take these three characters and have them stand together in wonderful and remarkable ways for the various time periods they put them in. Absolutely. The, the dynamic between those three is great. And I also felt that Rufus, while he played the, the part of, okay, it's geez, I've got to be the, the driver again. I've got to be the waiter again. I've got to, he really, I thought got his, um, Reward of sorts when they met the Lone Ranger. Yes. Or the inspiration for. Yes. Turned out that was a black man. And just kind of a, hmm, history didn't say that. And they, they have a nice play on history is what is made of it as much as anything else. Yeah. And he just, again, gets off some great lines, has a, a very meek and mild-mannered aspect at times, but also can really, when that inner strength comes out, it comes out great. Yes. And the other two, I think, are good, but could they have had another historian than Lucy fill in here and there? Yeah. You know, they had another uh, Special Forces guy in place of Wyatt at one point. Mm -hmm. They even had another uh, government person in place of, of Agent Christopher. Yeah. When she was taken out. Well, and the interesting thing about when they use those other characters in place of the ones we, quote, know and love is that... Those other characters showed off through their weaknesses the strengths of the ones we were accustomed to. Mm -hmm. The what do you mean you brought a period appropriate weapon? There's no way you can defend us with something period appropriate. Well, it's it's very much a spy show mm -hmm. conceptually. Yeah. But it surfaces as because there are a lot of times of you know, can the three trust each other? Yes. You know, Rittenhouse is using Rufus at one point to gain information on the other two, this back forth. There's a lot of, of almost double crossing, but it all comes across as interpersonal dynamics, not spy versus spy. At one point early on, they brought the team together beautifully, and then they broke them apart with the, oh, by the way, you didn't know it, but you can't actually trust each other. And then they brought them back together. And I was a little disappointed that they felt the need to break them up after they'd brought them together really well and strongly the first time. I think it was needed to where by the time they got to the end of the season, they could put them through the ringer a little bit better. And they've already had the, the bumpy road to, to get to, to the, the team forming and coalescing. Well, when we were watching the finale, they had Lucy standing between Flynn and Wyatt. Mm -hmm. And both Flynn and Wyatt have their guns out. And Lucy's trying to talk everyone down. And I commented to you, you know, so many shows have love triangles that the plots revolve around. Yeah. But this was a trust triangle. Well, and, and with Flynn, again, I've used the term so-called bad guy or quote-unquote bad guy because he is the opposition. But his motivation is really not that different from Wyatt, from Lucy, mm -hmm. even at times from, from Rufus. Um, well, and he commented early on that once he saved his wife and daughter, he knew he could never go home because he was no longer the man that belonged in that marriage and in that house. It wouldn't have taken very much for him to have been on their side. Yeah. And... I'm curious what role that character will play next season. I really, really hope he has a role next season. I mean, last we saw of him, he was being carted off and imprisoned. And I really hope that doesn't mean they feel they're done with him because I'm not. Uh, it would be a mistake not to have him uh, in the next season because it's a strong character. It's a pivotal character. It's not like Vandal Savage in the first season of Legends of Tomorrow. Where it's like, geez, come on, get over it already. Mm -hmm. I think that Flynn was not just the antagonist, but he, he really sparked and motivated the entire storyline. 
his story is not done. Yeah. And he says as much at the end when he's telling Lucy, you gave me this and you age very well. Yeah. Which implies at some point in the future, she comes back to him and gives him the book. Yeah. So we 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 can't be done with him. Yeah. Now, whether he's in next season, that's not, you know, obligatory, but it would be a mistake not to have him. He's also a, a great actor. Yeah. Um, the, the actor's name is, uh... Very hard to pronounce. Very hard to pronounce. Goran Viz... something? Um, Goran Viz... Viznik. We'll go with that. He was on Extant, I want to say, among other things. Maybe ER. He's had a long career. Um, Lucy's played by Abigail Spencer, Wyatt Logan by Matt Lanter, and, uh, Malcolm Barrett is the one who plays Rufus Carlin. Matt Lanter, I think, was on um, the... Starcrossed? Thank you. A sci-fi show from a couple of years back that won about a season. Yeah, I was going to say the alien Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's a strong cast, but to me, a lot of it is the writing. Definitely. That, that really holds it together. Um, there's some wit to the dialogue, particularly with Rufus. Well, in the writing, like in the uh, Houdini episode where she was able to use references to some of his magic tricks and things like that to get Houdini to help her outsmart Flynn well, and uh, it, things like that. It's, just... it's funny because I think there's an open lawsuit against the show claiming it's too similar to something done uh, maybe in France or some other country. Interesting. And uh, the basic thing is uh, this isn't that original of an idea, which is fair. Because I think another show that you could harken back to uh, in the U.S. that this is very similar to, with some key differences, is Voyagers. Yeah, it's funny. When we sat down to talk about Voyagers came to mind. But Voyagers was very much a go explore historical period and teach the audience a lesson about history. And there's an aspect of that here. When we get a little bit of history lessons, it's not as blatant. They're not bouncing around in, in time as much. There's an aspect, but would you say people actually come out with a green light, history is correct, and we taught you the truth? Well, no, because history is getting changed left, right, and center here, although with, with minimal repercussions. But there is still that, that red light, green light from Voyagers. They had in Voyagers, which was a great show, lasted uh, a season uh, back in the late 70s, 78, I'm going to say, I could be wrong. Um, and it was about a guy who, who worked for, I forget what the, 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 the temporal agency was. Um, but he had this, this essentially almost pocket watch like device called the Omni mm -hmm. and it had little globes and dials and stuff and he could use it to bounce around through time. And when he'd get there, if something was amiss, it would bing, 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 red light. Oh, we've got to fix it. Now what happened is, is he was given a set jurisdiction in time. Somehow he accidentally goes outside of it encounters this young kid and uh the young kid uh who's living in new york in a, a high rise mm -hmm. falls out the window he goes after the kid saves the kid and is now back to the time period he's stuck in but this kid happened to be very knowledgeable about history so the kid was kind of his guide because he had lost his guidebook or whatever mm -hmm. probably back in the kid's uh, room or whatever but they would encounter a lot of the the go-to places in history well the wright brothers yeah, the uh, you find a baby in a river in a basket, but it's caught in the reeds. Mm -hmm. And the, the adults looking at like, "What the heck are we doing here?" And he's like, "The baby is in the river. You push it into the water, and the lady across the river finds the baby." Green light. See, we fixed history. It's a Bible story. Don't you know anything? Because, yeah, Phineas Bogg, that time traveler, was not a student of history. Yes. And we've got some of that here where we've got the people that are either the, in, in, in uh, Rufus's case, the pilot of the time machine, or Wyatt is just the hired, literally the hired gun. Mm -hmm. You need the historian to understand what's supposed to happen, why doesn't it, and who can we go to for help. Yeah. So there's a, it's again a very different show, but there are a lot of parallels to it. You know, essentially dropping into time. Mm -hmm. Here, they're literally chasing somebody most of the time, whereas that usually wasn't the case um, in Voyagers. Uh, but th to me, that was another classic uh, uh, time travel show back in the day. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, 
And this one has a lot of potential. It's got a lot of fun. The design of the, the time ship I thought was pretty cool. I liked the lifeboat a lot. It's like a spherical diving bell kind of thing. Not too unlike the one from Seven Days. Yes. Which was another one where they could go back in time at Seven Days. Here, what's kind of cool is it's got these like tracks, almost like a, a tread of a tra- tank or something mm-hmm. that surround the thing. And they all kind of zip around or whatever as if it's gaining a foothold on time and then it just pops out. Yeah. And there's the usual rush of air and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a good visual and they used it a good good effect a few times when people had to see it to be convinced this wasn't just a story they were being told about time travel. Yes. So from a iconic uh, uh, widget sort of sense. Mm Mm-hmm. The time machines, both the, the lifeboat and the uh, mothership, the mothership. Um, you can see how one inspired the other, but they're mm-hmm. very different because uh, one's a prototype and stuff. It, it's something that it, it it's iconic for the show. Yeah, and the show really has very little to lean on in that respect. Yeah. Um, you know, if they were to do little miniatures of the two ships, would I get them? Yeah, don't know. Now, if somebody were to do the Omni from uh, yeah, exactly Voyager. Yeah. Even if it just had the two things that lit up? Absolutely. Yeah, very true. Um, Now, I will say uh, Agent Christopher and uh, Mason, who ran Mason Industries, both those characters improved as the season went along. Mason, I wasn't even sure I liked until the end. Mason did an about-face in the last episode. Yeah. That, given his comment about they're playing checkers on playing three-dimensional chess... Makes me wonder if he's playing everybody for the long haul, and if he is part of Rittenhouse. When the only reason I'm willing to believe it is there seems to be some connection between him and Rufus. That they've implied a few times, but never really explained? Yeah, but he's either a father figure or something. And when Rittenhouse went after Rufus, Mason seemed to no longer be willing to be under their thumb in exchange for their money. But still had, it took them a while to get out from there. Well, once you're under someone's thumb, you're stuck and you have to maneuver carefully. There's some connection between Mason and Rufus that's unclear and needs to be explored a little bit. We know Rufus has a mother and a brother. That's all the family we know of. The age is is too close for one to be, you know, for Mason to be his father, but he is a father figure. And he's a time traveler. Oh! I mean, Rufus or it's, uh, it's the problem po- with the show. It's just as possible that Rufus is Mason's father having gone back in time. I mean, there's a lot of, of possibilities there, but I do think there are a couple of plot points over the course of the season that they tossed out because clearly I think they wrote the the arc for the first season and they knew we're gonna need a few things at the end, let's set them up at the beginning. But see, I don't buy the pilot for the mothership that we ended with. Being a Rittenhouse plant that decided to go hide in, you know, frontier times for over a decade. I was thinking more along the lines of how they needed a doctor they could trust. Yes. When Rufus had been shot. Yes. And this is the uh, fiancé of the historian, Lucy. Yes, that appeared out of nowhere. That appeared out of nowhere, was shown for an episode or two, and then just kind of cast aside for most of the season. Yes. So there are a few things at the beginning where they're setting the scenes for something later. Oh, they definitely decide we'll make him a doctor in case we need a doctor. I don't think it was in case. It's because we need a doctor later. Well, in a show like that, it's inevitable you'll need a doctor. Somebody's going to come back injured at some point, whether it would be Rufus or uh, Wyatt. Who knew? Again, I take it as a sign of, of... Arcing. Arcing. And with the other pilot who was hiding out in the Old West, something is going on there. I just, I don't know what. See, what I felt happened there was Matt Frewer wasn't getting the material he expected and left the show. But that's just my gut because I felt like the role they gave him was paltry and what the heck. He is an excellent actor that got scraps. He is, but if you look at a lot of the stuff he's done, he was on the first season or so of Orphan Black. The first season or so of um, Eureka. There he recurred on Eureka. He, yeah. Um, 
not much after the first season. But that was a character like several others that only really needed to recur on Eureka. It wasn't like the mayor, for instance. No, but it was very frequent on the first season. True. Uh, I guess my point is he gets... I, I. You're not sure he likes being a regular on shows? Either that or it doesn't work out for some reason or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've been a fan of his since Max Headroom. He did some brilliant stuff back then. So he's shown he can he can lead a show. Mm-hmm. He's had a number of things over the years. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how, if he gets bored with something or or what. And maybe it's just the last couple and it's, you know, he didn't have that problem before. I don't know. So for him not to have lasted out the season, gut feeling is that may not have been accidental. I, th- I don't think he... As the original pilot and designer, whatever, of the, the the time machine, I don't think it would have made sense for him to be taking the machine there at the, the end of the season, had he lived. Now, you could argue that the other pilot was just a backdoor because they got rid of, of his character. Mm-hmm. But I think getting rid of this, that character, that was a key aspect of, of Rufus and the relationship those two had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It... It's hard. For, I go back and forth between it was written that way and he was only supposed to last half a season to it just lasted half a season and they, they adjusted. Yeah. And I, I just don't know which is the case. Um, See, I, a pilot discovering something funky is going on, faking their death and hiding out in frontier times made sense to me up until they're like, yeah, she's a Rittenhouse plant. Yeah, I don't buy her as a Rittenhouse plant. But I think there's more to the story of how she stayed back in time and why she stayed back in time. I agree with that. I, I think it almost may have been she'd been abandoned back then. See, and I wondered about that even then, yeah. I'm I'm hopeful that as the series progresses, presuming it does, that they explain a little bit more of this stuff and that at the end we really see how everything ties together. Well, one thing that they've made very clear in the show is... If I existed on January 1st, 1980, I cannot go to January 1st, 1980 to that location and change what happened that place that day. Okay, that's fine. I buy that. But why can't person I'm now working with who I did not know on January 1st, 1980 go to that place on that day and change it for me without me being there with them? I thought the rule they laid down was slightly different. Okay. Was it... It's not that you can't be at that location on that day. Mm-hmm. It's that you can't exist in the same time. So there's a, depending how old you are, a limit to how far back you have. There's a. So you can't travel in your own lifetime. Yes. It's almost the exact opposite of quantum leap. Okay. Which is why it's beneficial to have younger time travels. Tra- travelers. Yes, that's very true. Okay, which is why Flynn was able to rescue his older brother, because he was not yet born. Okay, though we never had repercussions from that. Well, again, there are a lot of things that happen because her, his his mother's history changes a bit, Mm -hmm. and they reference that later, but again, it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. Which goes to your point of the mother and the sister of Lucy, something is almost engineered around all of that. Yeah. Because it seemed like, if if we go conspiracy theory, Rittenhouse was concerned that the sister, Lucy's best friend, was a distraction mm-hmm. and not pure blood enough. Yeah. And that Lucy's mother being sick was also a distraction. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, she's, she's an important member of Rittenhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's go fix that. Mm-hmm. But then again, it begs the question of how did, how could anyone engineer that kind of a change in time? Mm-hmm. And it just seems like so subtle to do intentionally to then do it almost by proxy by having Wyatt, Rufus, and and Lucy and Flynn mm-hmm. on their first outing happen to make the right changes. Yeah. Well, and don't forget Fruer's character. He was helping at that point. Right. But to me, it all comes down to Lucy's actions. Yes. Yeah, I because agree. Because her notebook or journal was what was influencing Flynn at the time, etc. I mean, there's... There's a, and this is part of why I expect Mason, Connor Mason, to to play into this later, Mm. of you've got to be thinking a few steps down. Well, it's funny because that journal has a comment that uh, Flynn reads out loud to Wyatt 
that basically says he needs to get over his dead wife. He needs to move on, which hurts Wyatt tremendously emotionally at the time. But as we get to the end of the season, it's things like that that have prompted Wyatt to be more willing to live in the present, to deal with his grief of his wife having died a few years ago, and to consider a new relationship. I want to see in the second season a scene that's between Connor Mason, Rufus, Rufus's girlfriend, um, Gia, Gia, all of which have been established as really smart. Mm-hmm. That he's kind of bouncing around again. The how did this happen to do this? How uh, starting to question the cause and effect to 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 plant the seed of Connor already being thinking about this is how the dominoes had to be aligned forward, backwards, left and right to get the pattern we need. And then how do we tweak it to, to make things better? Well, and that's the fascinating thing in terms of we have in Lucy's possession right now, the blank journal, as well as the completed journal. So she has the opportunity to rewrite the journal based on the journal Flynn used. But that goes back to what I was saying earlier, kind of you can never go home again. It's a one-way trip. Because the minute she does that, you've taken what's a small spiral and now gotten a bigger one around it. Yeah. And trying to expect certain strategic changes to have the exact desired impact. Because again, what we saw with Legia at the end, she's traveled through time. The lifeboat wasn't meant to handle four. She was the fourth passenger. Uh, How did the lifeboat know that? I don't know that it did. I'm assuming that the others had built up a certain tolerance. Oh, okay. And that there may be something else about Gia that I'm we just haven't revealed yet. If part of Gia is tied to nineteen fifty four, as in when was the Golden Gate Bridge completed? No idea. I think when we see as she's having like a seizure or whatever, in the background of the hospital window, the Golden Gate Bridge having been destroyed, other things like that. See, that's why I couldn't tell. Was it destroyed or was it in the process of being built? Because my first thought was it's destroyed. My second thought was it's not fully built. I'd have to rewatch. I thought it was destroyed. I thought we had the big uh, uh, uprights where you get the, the suspension thing and the other stuff. I thought there was even a ship on fire in the background. Interesting. I just was wondering if we were seeing past, present, or future. If she was tied to an alternate timeline, if she was tied to 1954, I couldn't figure out what the seizure was tapping into. I took it perhaps completely wrong, we'll find out if there's a next season, that either next season or later, there is going the main timeline is going to be a bit more dystopic, and that our people are trying to fix it and put right once we're wrong. Because that is a very common time travel theme. It is. It is. But how often do you want to put wrong what once went right? <laughs> okay. It's it's something, though, that is, you know, again, quantum leap. Um, I don't Seven want to say days. Coin the phrase, but certainly yes. epitomized. And it was their catchphrase. Seven days was that way. Um, trying to, uh, well, uh, Voyagers, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enterprise uh, from Star Trek, I think, falls into that category. Um, so basically, Scott Bakula. Pretty much. <laughs> Scott Bakula, uh, uh, John Eric Hexum, I think. Yes, was, yes. That actor's name. Uh, Mino Pelus, uh, otherwise known as Soleil Moonfry's older brother, who grew up to be a history teacher at schools in LA. I hope he has the rights to, to show his show so in do class. I. And what I loved about Voyagers at the time, and I still think is excellent, is it ended with, to learn more about today's topics, go to your local public library and check out these books. Yes, I I respect shows that uh, encourage learning. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's part of the fun stuff about a show like Timeless, is it could inspire people into engineering. Mm Mm-hmm into um you know history into you know all sorts of of different things yeah based on wow that's a fascinating period of history i'd like to learn more about it yeah and again they've got a a fun sensibility to it they don't play it for laughs but they have some laughs you know again there's some some witty dialogue here and there 
it's not one where everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Gee, I should have seen that happening. No, but they definitely hit on medicine, doctors, and the need for medical learning, as well as civil rights and legal rights. Well, they don't play the past as this prehistoric, hideous time, but how things have changed, Mm -hmm. in some ways better, in some ways worse. You know, um, the comment we haven't made, but we made to one another probably only halfway through the Lone Ranger episode was Mm. if they give these two guys, Lone Ranger and Tonto, their own spinoff, their own TV show, call it what you will, I'd tune in a heartbeat. Yeah, if if they had just some fantastic casting on there, and if they had decided to do a, not even sure what you'd call it, because while it would be a spinoff of this, it's it's it'd be its own show kind yes. of thing. Yes, and it's not in its true sense. It would not be a Lone Ranger show because they were doing the original. Was it a Ranger? That uh, the Lone Ranger was based off it, it, of. It was the guy, in theory, that the Lone Ranger myth was was based off of. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is a title to be had of that that implies this is what will become the the myth of the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Um, but it was. I I like how it's not that they romanticize history, but they do show that there are certain periods of time where there's just gathering of of greatness, mm-hmm. uh, as they showed in Paris one time. Yes. When you've got just a, a bunch of, of major historical figures that have had such a profound impact on, on the world. Mm-hmm. And then you go to, again, the, the, the old West and you've got a guy who's kind of personifying. You do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Yes. The code of honor. Mm-hmm. And there are aspects of, of any time period that are bad, but there are also aspects that are good. Well, and one of the things, and I won't get the words right, but one of the things they summed up so well in that Lone Ranger episode was you don't shoot an unarmed man and you do all of these things that the cowboys were famous for, not because you won't be able to look yourself in the mirror, but because when you look yourself in the mirror, you're faced with the faces of all the men you killed and you want to know that it is righteous and good and that you only shot when you had. Well, the whole concept of, yeah, a tragedy may have been prevented, but this wasn't justice. Yes. And again, that, that higher calling that there are certain things that are right, certain things that are wrong across time, across society, mm-hmm. almost no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Yet at the same time, counterpointing... Uh, Flynn trying to save his family is, ooh, that's wrong. Yet when White wants to do it, it's an almost noble, even though he has to kind of break the law to go do it, yeah. aspect. It's 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 the shades of gray in the, um, well, the complexities. Way, the way Wyatt is so torn up when one person dies because he wanted his wife to live versus Flynn... Being upset but feeling no remorse or regret when literally hundreds die because he wants his wife and daughter back. The sad thing is I think Flynn's attitude of time travel is probably the closest out of any of the characters to my own. You've left where you've left. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're moving forward. You're trying to do a particular task. You know you're not going to wake up the next morning and, and your life is back how it was. It can never be. Yeah. Well, yeah, Flynn's attitude is, I can never go home again, but if my wife and daughter can live again, then there's no price too high to pay. Mm-hmm. But again, he's never expecting to 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 go back, Mm-mm. whereas, you know, Lucy, uh, uh, Lucy Wyatt, and, and Rufus always are. Yeah, they expect to regain what they once had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Very interesting show. 16 episodes, so a bit of a short season. Odd yeah. number for season. Yeah. Um, I did not care for Lucy's father and her meetings with him, but Lucy's grandfather was, I would say, a positive revelation. It was It was a lot of fun. Um, again, it comes back to why is the family aspect such a big deal? 
Oh, agreed. House. But it showed where the goodness in Lucy comes from. It showed where the inner strength in Lucy came from. And basically, it, it gave you reason to believe Lucy can do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Well, and that there are nine violent ways mm-hmm. to, to get what you need. You don't have to just necessarily shoot the other guy. Yeah. I am. It was originally a 13 episode season. It got extended to 16. Interesting. And I'm curious what they had added where. Yeah. When they got that extension. Um, I have not heard if it has been renewed for a second season. I haven't heard either. Um, I'm sure Sam would have an idea how it's done on the ratings. Uh, I haven't asked. I think it's still, as we record this, it's still a bit early for uh, renewals to be announced. It is, but I think we've already seen one or two. Only one or two, though. Yeah. No, I think it's a little early, and it may come down to not only how has it done, but as, as Sam often reminds me, it's it's not how it does against things on other networks. How does it do against shows on its own network, and what else does the network have that they could put on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if if every other pilot that this network has tanks or whatever. There's also the question of how expensive is it? True. And with all that period shooting, I always wonder, um, you know, special effects are expensive, but so is going to 1930s Chicago and stuff like that. Just getting the period piece cars, if nothing else. Yeah. There's a logistical aspect of it. Yeah. Because really the effects come down to... The ship coming and going, and that's about it. And yeah. even that, you can you can work around and almost use stock footage if you had to. Yeah. So period piece stuff could be expensive, could be cheap, depends where they're shooting, how extensive the wardrobe department there is. Maybe they've got a, a lot of stuff that was easy to salvage. Maybe it's not that hard to do the period piece stuff. Maybe you know it's it's they've got a backlot that's got suitable locations. Maybe they don't. Yeah, exactly. But they did a fairly convincing aspect of everything from from Paris to Washington D.C. over a, a few centuries, really. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they've they've shown they can do it. Yeah. It just was a question of presumably they could do it on budget. Yeah, exactly. So I I would like to see another season. So would I. Um, if they do it again, I hope they kind of plan out an arc. What I liked about the season is while I think they knew where they were ending and therefore could plant certain seeds at the beginning, it didn't feel like a, um, neon light lit arc. Agreed. It's not, oh, geez, here's the next arc. Oh, it's about time for the second major plot point before we get to the big, you know, action sequence near the end of the season kind of a deal. Yeah. It, it felt a bit more organic. It felt a bit more natural. Well, and I really enjoyed both the, the history points and places we touched on. I appreciated their hitting on McCarthyism mm-hmm. and the Red Scare. That felt well-timed and relevant to the world we're in. And there were lots of things, including their going back to NASA. Yeah. That felt relevant to us. And I thought, you know... There are a lot of shows that can go to historical periods and not find what we can feel in touch with in them. The NASA one's kind of interesting because that episode aired before I had gotten really wind of the Hidden Figures movie. Yes. Both of which are featuring or focusing on the uh, black lady who was in the basement of of NASA who was doing all the calculations. Mm Mm-hmm. To get the astronauts back and all the trajectories, mm-hmm. the stuff that we would just do by computer these days, there was there were people doing it. Yeah. And people that were not getting anywhere near the, the respect they were due, or even the fact that it took until either late 2016 or early 2017 for this to, as far as I'm concerned, start to become public knowledge. Well, and there were some interesting quotes that there were some astronauts who, when these computers were first getting into NASA... We're basically saying, look, I get that this is brand new state-of-the-art technology, but it's untested technology. So I want her to double-check the numbers because we know her track record. Mm -hmm. And she always gets it right. So if the computer gets the same thing she gets, I'll believe the computer. But for it to take... 50 years? 50 years? Yeah. For that story to really come out? Yeah. 
it says a lot about where we've come as a culture. Yeah. It says that we still need a ways to go. Yes. Yes. I mean, I could see it not coming out in the 60s. Yeah. Sadly. Or even necessarily the 70s or maybe even the 80s, but come on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hidden Figures is on my list of movies I want to want to go watch. Definitely. But again, that's the kind of a thing that they they bring up here. And it was also fun because Rufus was the one, it's like, I know who to go to. Yes. Because he hadn't made it to the history books. Yeah. So they're doing some fun stuff. It's a good show. Um, I recommend it. I expect it'll get a second season. It may or may not, who knows, but it did, it was one of the ones that was easy for us to say, okay, let's stay current on this. Yes. And there are a couple of shows that were doing that, a couple of shows were not. There's one or two shows that were maybe two seasons behind on. Well, but this is also a show where each individual episode is strong enough that all of the significant plot points stay with you for the week between episodes. It's not like some shows where when we sit down to watch it, I have to ask you, okay, where did the last episode drop off? Yeah. No, that's fair. It also, I think, did a good job balancing the what is the mission for the episode Mm -hmm. along with that overall arc. Yeah. And it was never too heavy one way or the other. I never felt that there was any episode that was superfluous. Yeah. Or any, it's like, wow, okay, they stopped everything to move the arc forward. And other shows have had that. So, again, I thought it was uh, was a lot of fun. Um, I recommend it, and uh, sooner or later it'll be on the streaming stuff. But, again, uh, I'm sure either on uh, – does NBC have a, I uh, like would a, a expect, web? Yeah, I would expect Hulu is the place to look for it. Um, I don't know where and when it would stream. Yeah. Or if it's still accessible on on-demand type stuff on cable channels or cable uh, yeah. uh, uh, providers. So, But, no, it was a fun watch. Yeah. Anything else? Does that pretty much do it? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.